Good Sunday morning. I'm Jaden Jefferson, and welcome to this week's Community Focus. Joining me right now is Carrie Hartman, who is an at-large member of Toledo City Council. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. So you were appointed to council this year, but now it is election season and you now have to run. So kind of tell people about what you've been doing in your time on council. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it's only been about 10 months on council um, since I've been appointed. And um, honestly, it was a lot different than what I expected. I have a lot of years um, of experience working in the administration at the city of Toledo, and I've worked in several different departments. Um, so coming into it, I, you know, I thought I knew a lot of the processes and the procedures and um, it is a very different being on on the council side of things um, and seeing how things work. So, um, but I'm happy to be here and it's been uh, great getting to know my colleagues and kind of what they're passionate about and then kind of finding how what I'm passionate about fits in with the with the rest of council. And I hear that quite consistently. It is a different experience. It's also a learning experience too. So kind of talk about for people that aren't familiar, the different aspects of city council that they can't really see and just seeing maybe videos, photos of these meetings. There's a lot that's going on. Yeah, I um, I spend the majority of my time um, like throughout the day talking to people, whether that's in person or on the phone. I just feel like um, there are some days where my mouth is just sore from like, talking to people all day long. Um, and sometimes it's, um, you know, there are emergency situations that pop up, um, a lot of, you know, complaints. And then, but a lot of times it's um, just generally um, constituents, you know, wanting to share their views of the city and, and how they think they can, they can make things better. So, um, being on council, um, what one thing that makes things different than the administration is you don't um, kind of have the autonomy to change things, um, processes and procedures kind of internally with, say, employees or systems within um, different departments the way you would as an actual employee. Um, it is a slow process. The legislative process is slow and I'm not a very patient person. And so it's that's what's hard for me is because um, some of these things that we get to vote on or uh, some of the, the policy, I just, I just want everything now. And um, things like construction and infrastructure repairs takes a very long time. And so practicing patience has been probably my biggest challenge. Yeah, we definitely live in a world like that. Now, I don't think 20 years ago, people were as in a rush as we are now, but I mean, that's what comes with technology. And so yeah. being on council, you definitely do have the opportunity to hear from lots of different people. So yes. what have been some things that you've been making a priority in your time so far? Yeah, I've spent um, a, a lot of this year, you know, um, knocking on doors, uh, one, to get the message out that I'm that I'm running for election, but two, also, I, um, I like to use canvassing as a as a way to really listen to um, the issues that constituents are having. Um, and there's really kind of three things that I, I continue to hear both in my neighborhood where I live and across the city. And I think um, uh, the first is crime. Um, you know, there's still a lot of people who are who are really concerned about the gun violence in our area and um, lowering our, our crime rates. And um, as I'm sure you saw last week, the mayor announced that our third quarter crime stats are all down, um, some of them considerably down. And so um, I'm really excited to see those numbers. I think that a lot of the, the policies that we've introduced this year 
um, and even before I came on council, have a lot to do with those those crime stats dropping. And I, I don't think that we're um, you know unique nationwide with our with our crime issues. I think it happens to a lot of big cities, but um, what is unique is seeing those those numbers fall. So I'm hoping that um, constituents can see kind of the work that the mayor has done and that city council has done to kind of um, get those stats to drop. Another big issue that I hear everywhere is um, infrastructure repairs. So whether that's our streets or bridges or sewer systems, um, you know, a, a lot of people have um, a lot of feelings about, about um, our, our roads one way or the other. Um, it's so funny because you hear a lot of complaints about our roads needing repairs and then uh, in the height of orange barrel season and construction season, you start to hear a lot of complaints about uh, construction. So um, it's just sort of the, the process, I suppose. Yeah. And then the third, the third thing that I'm, we're always going to hear about, and this is the thing that I um, am, am most passionate about is just our basic services. Um, so what is expected of the city of Toledo when you're a taxpayer, what do you expect to get back from the city? So is that picking up your leaves in the fall? Is that making sure your trash and your recycling is picked up when you flush your toilet? Is everything going away the way you want it to, or is it staying in your and flooding your basement? So some of those um, really basic services are, are what drive me every day to make sure that we are, we're offering our, our constituents the best services that we can offer. And I did want to circle back to that issue of crime, because it's one thing to have numbers go down, but the second part of that is getting the message across that crime is down, because you can still see that there's a lot of polarization with regard to this issue. So how do you get people involved and say, hey, listen, it's not as bad as the situation was or currently seems? Yeah, I think so, particularly certain populations and certain neighborhoods even may not feel that crime is dropping. Right. And we've we've done a lot of research that shows that the gun violence in particular affects a certain um, unique set of, of, of people. And those um, happen to be young African-American men age like 15 to 35 is where most of that gun violence affects, either um, whether they're the, a shooter or they're a victim. And so for that community, I suppose that crime still feels like a, like a really big dangerous um, problem. And in, in some neighborhoods, even the neighborhood that I live in, um, it still feels like there's too many shootings happening in, in our neighborhood. So for some people, it's not going to feel like um, there's even been a dent, right? And so we still need to um, raise awareness around how to be safe, how to, um, if you see something, say something, what are the proper avenues to report the crimes that you're seeing? And so I think that first is, is important. But another thing that, um, you know, the, the fact that our homicides are down and our violent crimes are down is a really good sign that um, we are we have tried many different policies this year, um, including um, increasing the amount of money we put into youth and recreation services, um, putting more money into parks um, and then putting um, money into our police department, too. Um, but I, I think. What's important is that um, we're really trying a lot of different approaches. And um, in my opinion, it can't come down just to the police department to to fight crime and to solve um, some of these crime.
time issues. It, it's a holistic approach, right? It's schools, it's parents, it's neighbors, it's an entire community to, to really keep an eye out and, and make sure that our neighbor, neighborhoods are safe. Talk about the other part of this because we've been talking about economic development and how that ties into crime and gun violence and other issues. So how do we make investments in our communities that have been left behind? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I love talking about it, economic development um, because I, I think that we have so much to offer here in Toledo. We've been this, you know, hardy auto manufacturing town for so long. We really do have a very innovative workforce and very, um, you know, technology driven, driven workforce. Um, but one thing that I think um, will help even more is investing more in our neighborhoods. And so I live in the oldest neighborhood in Toledo, um, the Vistula, historic Vistula neighborhood. And it's a neighborhood that could use some extra love and attention from the city, whether it's um, repairing some of the sidewalks or getting the streets lit in a way um, and the trees trimmed back. So you have a clear view of things. And those are all, they seem like really simple, easy things, but data suggests that um, the more light you have on your street, the less opportunity for crime there will be. And um, tree canopies are important, but are the trees blocking certain intersections or blocking parts of the street? Um, uh, trimming those trees back also have an impact on on crime. And so they see those seem like they're not connected to crime in any way, but little things like that are something that the city of Toledo can do easily and, and make investments in neighborhoods that maybe have felt neglected in the past. You have Swainfield, which is an area that at one point there was a lot of investment and we haven't seen it, but now we're starting to have discussions about that. So what stage are we in the redevelopment of that part of town? I'm excited. We we um, had a big proposal come in front of council that we approved. Um, so uh, we're going to make improvements in Swain Field. Um, you know, when it comes to economic development, a lot of it has to do with density of the population. And so when people move out of a neighborhood for whatever reason it might be, maybe the neighborhood floods too much or maybe there is too high of crime. And so when people leave a neighborhood, that really does impact the businesses. And so sometimes when it comes to city planning, it's sort of that question of like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? Like if we can't get people to move into a neighborhood, what if we put businesses there that people will want to live around and then will they move into or vice versa? People are already living in a, in a neighborhood or want to live in a neighborhood. What other amenities do they need to make that neighborhood more more livable? So I think that's kind of the approach we're taking in Swain Field, where um, that neighborhood has lost a lot of um, population over the years for, for a number of different reasons. Right. But but bringing that anchor of the of the Swain Field kind of shopping center and economic development center back, I think is super important to, to all neighborhoods across the city. Having, having unique little business districts in all of our neighborhoods will make our neighborhoods more walkable and people will just enjoy living in their neighborhoods a lot more if they have everything they need right out their door. Population, like you said, it's a huge part of this because we saw this may be a county project, but it's still a great example of this. Glass City Metro Park has just become a huge explosion of a park because you have plenty of people that are in that neighborhood that are continuing to utilize it. But the problem in Toledo though, is that we're still seeing those declines in population. How do you stop it? Because it's been yeah. a goal for the past few years. Yeah, I think it's it's a number of things. You can't just point to one thing. One though, I know is um, 
we've got to get our wages up a little bit in, in Toledo. So having those good high paying jobs is, is really going to keep people here. But when you mentioned the glass city Metro park, I one I love it. I, I walk in it nearly every day. It's right across the road from where I live. And it's just such a gem of a, like, we're so lucky to have this in our, in our city, but talking to Metro parks employees, um, they have data that shows that, um, People are coming from out of state even to join um, the or to enjoy our new park. And so a lot of people are coming from East Toledo, which is great because we we want the neighbors to use the park. But these people that are coming from Michigan and Indiana and Kentucky to enjoy our park, um, what are they doing after that? And how can we really capture some of this tourism if they're if people are coming from out of town to visit our our zoo or our museum and our park? How do we um, get people to maybe stay the night in our hotel after spending the whole day at Glass City Metro Park? And then the next day they can enjoy our zoo and they can visit our our shops and our restaurants and really kind of um once I think we can attract people here, I think they will stay because Toledo has so many great amenities and so much going on. I think we just need to get people here, whether it's to visit the park or to visit the zoo or whatever, um, and, and then see that they can um, afford to live here because it is a super affordable place to live. And we've got beautiful neighborhoods and great houses and you can find a job here. And so it's kind of, um, I think tourism um, and, and destination really does impact um, economic development. That's one of the things that comes first because you can't bring capitalism if you're not bringing the community. That's the yep. big thing of that. So you gotta bring the people here. Exactly. You don't have the money without the people. So <laughs> in terms of talking about the future, Toledo is one of those cities where we have, yes, unique things going on, but long-term, what do you think that future looks like for Toledo? I, you know, I'm not from here originally. Um, I, I grew up in, in a kind of a small town in Iowa. And um, when I moved to Toledo, I just immediately fell in love with, with the people. We, you know, we've got this like very wholesome Midwest vibe, but also like we're hardworking, middle-class, you know, manufacturing industry, we're gritty. And I just, I think that Toledo the fact that we're right here on, on the Interstate 80, we're in between big cities like Chicago and Cleveland and Columbus, I mean, and Detroit, we're so uniquely situated where I just, I don't know why more people aren't dying to live in Toledo. I think it's so special. And so my role on council is to one, make sure that we're continuing on this path forward where we are such a special place and, and perfect place to live for, for everyone here in Toledo, not just certain neighborhoods. And two, how can we start getting more attention, whether it's um, just regionally or nationally, to really get people to see that Toledo is the fourth largest city in Ohio. We, we, are sometimes ignored by some of the other big cities in, in Ohio, but we've got a lot to offer here too. And uh, people should really take a look at Toledo if, if they want to um, find a new place to, to live or work or play. Toledo's really got it all. And to guarantee that bright future, one of the things you had mentioned earlier was tree canopies, which we were talking about in terms of neighborhoods and safety. But another part of this is climate change and how Toledo recently received six million dollars to plant trees. So you know, talk about that important aspect of it too. 
I, it, it's so important and, and climate change is super important to me too. Um, especially as a, as a, a midsize city that we, we want to grow. Right. And so we can talk about parks, we can talk about, um, you know, green spaces, but the fact that our tree canopy has, has dwindled like tree, tree data affects, like I said earlier, crime, but it, it affects livability, it affects your property values. And, and so it, it, it doesn't, people are probably like, oh, big deal. It's just trees, but it really does um, have a, have a huge impact, not just on climate, but just, just on, on people's livelihoods. Right. And so um, we are, we keep seeing these really extreme weather events on the coasts, right? Like all the hurricanes and the fires yet here Toledo is situated perfectly on Lake Erie, this great big body of, of drinking water, well, where we get our drinking water from, right? And so, I mean, we're never going to run out of, of that water supply, whereas um, states out west are having problems like drought and are having a hard, hard time finding fresh drinking water. And I just, I feel like if these trends continue with these very extreme um, weather events on, on the coast, people are naturally going to want to move inland. And what better place than Toledo? Because, and I want to make sure that we are situated where we're really protecting our lake, we're protecting our source of drinking water, we're protecting our river, building more tree canopies, and really making us um, a super eco-friendly so we perhaps won't have some of this extreme weather events that we keep seeing on the coast. And a key thing people are going to have to pay attention to is temperature, because the hotter it gets, it's not great for those algae blooms. So if you don't want another mm -hmm. Toledo water crisis, that's definitely a thing to be paying attention to for a lot of people that are watching right now. So for sure. in terms of your campaign, what do you want people to know? I want people to know, uh, one, how passionate I am about Toledo and how, how much I love Toledo. Um, I don't think um, you can really have this job if you don't love Toledo um, because I, I find myself being um, Toledo's biggest cheerleader at times. Um, but I want people to know that I do have, um, you know, the background and experience um, uh, that can can really help me on council. The fact that I've worked for the city of Toledo for so long, um, you know, I, I know a lot of the processes. I know the legislative process. I know all the, you know, the people in charge. Um, and I know um, a lot of the things we're doing right. And then I do know some of the issues that we've been having over the years. Um, I'm a natural problem solver. I have a engineering background um, and a law degree as well. And so ultimately, I just want to fix these issues we're having. Any new issues that we come up, I want to problem solve and get them fixed. Um, so like I said, we can make sure that we're offering the best services we can um, to our constituents and just make Toledo the best place to live for everybody. Carrie Hartman, at-large member of Toledo City Council, running for election to keep that seat. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's this week's Community Focus. I'm Jaden Jefferson and have a great week.